Tim and Tom. Tim. Tom. Tim and 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 Tom. It is Tim and Tom. I'm Tim. He's Tom. Coming up in the second segment of this show, we have Andrew Cameron of Donutology. I'm excited about this one. We went down there, had some donuts, talked to the gentleman down there about his... Uh, it's just really a unique place, and you'll learn more about it in the second segment. But, uh, Tom, how are you? I'm good. Now that you're talking about donuts, I'm hungry. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we did the interview last weekend, I think it was. Uh, good time out there. That was your first time actually trying the donuts, and as we talked about last week on the episode, you liked them. Uh, I can't remember, so remind us. Family liked them as well? Yes, of course, yeah. They're delicious yeah, donuts. Yeah. You would be a weirdo yeah. to not like these donuts. Well, and I just like that you can, uh, and we'll get into it in the interview, but how you can come up with every combination you can think of from bacon to Pop Rocks to chocolate to marshmallow to anything else your heart desires. It's a really cool place, but that will be the second segment. Mm -hmm. So um, you asked me how I'm doing. I am uh, struggling. Yeah. Struggling. Still got a uh, shoulder so, issue. Yeah, the shoulder is the shoulder, right? So that sucks. Um, but to catch you up on my life. Uh, went to Oklahoma City this yeah. past weekend, visited... Okay, City, uh, I know it well. Yeah, you lived there. Mm -hmm. um, found that out. That was interesting. But we visited uh, We visited a friend of Emily's um, that she is super close with. So we spent the weekend with them. Uh, saw Bricktown. Saw yeah. where the Oklahoma City Thunder play their basketball games. Yeah. Uh, the Thunder were out of town that weekend, so unfortunately we didn't go to a game. But we're going to go back to see a game because I want to see Carmelo and I want to see Paul George mm -hmm. and I want to see yeah. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I was uh, there before they got there. I was there when the Hornets were displaced, and yep. uh, and I saw the you know I didn't go to one of those games, but I saw the the how great the community responded to that and why they basically got the team later. But yeah, so we went down there, um, hung out with them. Unfortunately, uh, our friend's baby was sick. And Ooh. so guess what babies love to do? Share things with you. Yeah. And so now poor Emily is sick. So moved back into my house because now I'm driving. Even though okay. I'm still wearing a sling, I'm driving. Which I'm driving. is not the most safest thing in the world yeah. to do, but whatever, yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, so hmm. I'm home. Okay. And as soon as I get home, Emily – has strep throat, the dog is exhausted from dog daycare, and then I'm walking around with one wing down. So we are just the trio of broken down and battered, basically. Yeah. So hmm. struggling here in the household of, um, is this the East? Tim and Tom yep, Studio? Yep, Tim and Tom Studios East. Yeah, over there. we're struggling yeah. over here in the east side. And, uh, How are you on the west side? Well, you're over there in what uh, Papa Shango's library over there again. I guess I hadn't noticed that. I didn't realize you were back home in your familiar surroundings. That's good, I guess. Uh, yeah, and I'm sleeping on a pregnancy pillow, which, man, right. there yeah. is one benefit of being pregnant. Sleeping right. on this pillow is amazing. Yeah, I don't know what you're complaining about. Yeah, ladies, I don't get it. Like this pillow business is the bee's knees. I love it. So don't get what you guys are always whining about. Yeah, this mean, is amazing. No, I'm kidding. About, yeah, no. 
Uh, we are very, yeah, Tom's opinions do not reflect <laughs> that of Tim and Tom uh, Incorporated. Is that a thing? Tim and Tom and Yeah, sure. Let's say it is now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm sleeping on a pregnancy pillow in a bed, which feels good because that means I can stretch my legs out because in a recliner, you really can't do that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm back home, which feels good. I'm driving. It's still difficult because I'm essentially still doing it with one hand. Uh, but getting through, you know, trying to get quickest. The quicker you can get back to normalcy, in my opinion, the quicker you are to healing. Okay. If you baby things and you go, uh, uh, I think that prolongs it. I think you feel right, worse. Right. I think you do worse. If you can just set your mind to, I'm actually going to be okay. I'm going to do it. This is what I'm going to do right now. I think you get healed yeah, quicker. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with that too. Like your body will respond to the positive, you know, like just the feeling of home almost of just getting back to your routine, your grind, your, you know what I mean? Moving on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, all right then. So, well, that's good for you, I guess, in that regard that you're home. Obviously, not the best of circumstances waiting at home. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, uh, our home, we acquired a new living being to the house. Well, you adopted a cat, a fifth dog. <laughs> So tell the people who aren't familiar yeah. about your dog obsession. Mm-hmm. I haven't a dog obsession. Are you sure? Because you have five dogs now. Yes. Uh, my wife has a dog obsession. Uh, not that I don't, you know, I don't hate the dogs. I don't dislike the dogs, you know. I certainly wouldn't have a pack of five dogs. I wouldn't have four or three, <laughs> probably not even two. You know, you might have to sell me on one, but it'd be a hard sell. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we had the four out here. Now we live out on the, on the ranch right here. We've got some space for them to run. And my wife found an old uh, miniature schnauzer, which she had a miniature schnauzer for 17 years growing up. And this one was eight years old. And I think she just kind of, where did she find it? I don't get it. Online KC, uh, or it was a great Plains SPCA's website. Oh, okay. But then your other four dogs you didn't find online, right? No, well, you know, I mean, we went to Unleashed. Okay, so the first one was Carrington. We just went to, I think she was at Wayside, and she was just at Wayside. We went looking for a dog, you know. Wait a minute. Hold on. I thought you found all of these dogs on the streets you named them after. We named them after the streets that they were found on and then surrendered oh, to the right. Oh, I guess I always assumed you found these dogs on those streets. No, no, I ain't driving around. Yeah, and like being like, well, there's a dog. Grab that one. <laughs> yeah, that right. seems a little more. No. What did you? Okay. Man, this whole time you were like, man, it seems kind of weird, man. And driving no, around I thought it was awesome. I love that about you. Now I kind of don't <laughs> like you as much. <laughs> yeah no um no so we went the first time was a wayside so we, we there's a little bit of story there the first time was wayside and we got carrington and you know hayden actually picked her out he was kind of like hey let's go back and look at this one hey let's go back and look at this one and uh they had actually named her carrington because of that they had found her on carrington street or avenue or something in independence your old stomping grounds yep. and uh so we just kept that name and then when we got our next dog uh Nicole, my wife, was out there looking for another dog, you know, one to take care of a dog, and found this one that was next to dead. I mean, I was like, I was like, really? Why are we, you know, like this thing's going to die on us? And I, we fed her Pedialyte for like the first month or something like that, because that's all she could eat. And she was found on the Paseo. And I was like, well, look, we named Carrington after, they, they named it after the street. Uh, the Paseo, Paseo sounds like a really cool dog name. So mm-hmm. we named her Paseo. So we kind of started, kept doing that. And then we got, 
Callie, we were just dropping, or no, we got Dexie next, and we were just dropping off dog food to the Unleashed Pet Rescue, which is in Miriam. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all we were doing. We had an extra bag of dog food. We were going to drop it off, and uh, my wife saw that dog, uh, saw Dexie, and she, yeah. she was found yeah. She was found at the, all they had on record was that she was at the Dexter, Missouri uh, animal shelter. So they didn't have a street, they didn't have anything, that, so we named her Dexie. And then Callie was one where she talked me into getting a fourth dog, and, <laughs> you know, we picked her up at, uh, I think that was Unleashed also. So, And same thing, she was found in McAllister, Oklahoma, so we, Callie. So, yeah, and then this one uh, was found in Bonner Springs, uh, so it's Bonner, the new one. Fifth dog, Tom. Wait a minute, the dog's name is Bonner? Well, we named it Bonner because it was found like in Bonner that. Springs. That's a good yep. one. It's Bonner. Yep. So how many more dogs? None. Like seven more? Zero, man. I love it. Man, See, that's I... my favorite thing about <laughs> visiting you at your place isn't to see you. Of I like not. Swim Trunk. Yeah, Obviously, right. I like your wife. I like your daughter. Uh-huh. But the dogs. I yeah. love the dogs. Just run with the dogs. And they're so cuddly. I love yeah, that. I they love are. They love attention. They love uh, everybody that comes over. Uh, Takes after their owner. <laughs> right there, right. So yeah, so we got the new dog. Um, How's gosh. it been? How did the other dogs like? Really this well, new dog? really well. Honestly, really. Yeah, it was really kind of. We were a little bit. So, uh, Great Plains SPCA actually requires that you bring all the dogs that you own to do a dog meet and greet, right? And mm-hmm. we were. <laughs> We kind of balked a little bit. We we're like, look, we've got four, man. One has anxiety. Carrington does. We we're like, she's going to whip up these dogs into a crazy thing. She hates car rides, right? Doesn't like going on them and gets all inked up and starts whimpering. And all the other dogs start doing that also. We were like, so we're definitely not bringing her. We're bringing the three. And they were like, well, you're supposed to bring all four. And we were like, well, it's just not going to work. That's not going to, you know what I mean? We're going to get them here and they're going to be crazy. And then they're going to be, you know, shoved in this room with this random dog. They're going to go nuts. And I was like, and that doesn't mimic anything like what their life is like at all. Right. We live out here on this ranch. You asked me to bring them into a concrete room with this random dog. They don't know at a dog shelter. So, uh, we talked them into that, but yeah, they make you meet and greet and make sure it's okay. Wow. And they've all gotten That's along. Cool. Yeah. So. That's what they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than that, when man. When you guys go out of town, do you guys take them to a dog daycare or what do you guys do for that? We Since have. There's so many of them. Yeah, we have. So now we haven't had to do that with the five, but we've done it with the four. And then, you know, anytime before when we've had all four, uh, we go out to this thing called uh, the Pet Ranch out in Olathe. Um, it's really awesome. They've got uh, like this large open room that they let them run out and like they'll have group playtime. You know, they'll just run around and it's just almost like AstroTurf. Uh, thing oh, inside wow. this yeah it's in, it's inside a covered uh climate controlled thing and they've got you can get their own rooms together and it's basically just like a concrete room and they throw some beds and blankets down right. and, and some food like you know cage. they don't yeah, get put right in no yeah and it's not a you know this isn't a spa right you know what i mean it's the pet ranch right. uh and you can bring your blankets you can bring your food or they'll feed them you know what i mean they got all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff and uh yeah we've always taken them to that when we go on long-term things that we've got to leave them for yeah that's cool. Yeah. I like it. Dogs. My wife really loves dogs, always has been an animal lover forever. She was like the animal whisperer. We went out to the uh, uh, lake one time. This was, uh, we were dating even many, many, many moons ago, Tom, because uh, she's not old, I'm old. Um, right. Many, many moons ago, uh, we went out to the lake just hanging out, and she there was wild ducks. 
and she just like sits down and just starts talking to ducks and here they are ducks waddling up sitting in her lap she's like Jane like of a the dr jungle. doodle thing like she yeah. was actually talking to him they were talking uh, back you're right, i guess so. i think so yeah uh no she's like jane of the jungle out there man she's animals she loves animals so should she be a veterinarian she would save the world uh if she could you know Oh, that's so nice. Oh, Big heart. Yep. Good yes. good for her because it makes up for you. Yeah. I mean, with this black of a heart, you've got to have a bright red beating one with a purpose, you know, to, to offset it. Like, yeah, I feel like the contrast is like you're the Grinch and she's the little girl. <laughs> right? Is that how it is? No, not all the time. I mean, we balance each other out really well, my wife and I. Sometimes when she's up, I'm down. When I'm up, she's down. And you know what I mean? And then there's sometimes where we're both down and sometimes where we're both up. You know how that works. But uh uh, you know, you know, we, we tend to, we ride it out. Great partnership. Well, that is so nice. Hey, you want to yeah. hear a fun uh, story that I came across while what's you that? were, uh, talking to me earlier today? Okay. What's that? Uh, how did, first off, let me, we won't get into where we work necessarily, but you like your job, right? Yeah. When they smoke, like, do you have smokers that work yep. at your, there are some smokers. Yeah. Now, do they take smoke breaks? They do. How, yep. how do do you smoke? I don't. Okay, just I'm, I'm I know that, but maybe some new listeners don't. Sure. So, um, when they take a smoke break, how do you feel about that? I guess I don't notice it at all. Uh, I, I I assume are you leading into the why do they get this fifteen minutes every hour or two? Well, check this out. So okay. a lot of people, because at my place of work, uh, the entire campus is non-smoking, so you okay. can't smoke at all. Right. So yeah. it makes health health insurance for, you know, right. per employee cheaper, yada, yada, yada. Right. But listen to this. Non-smokers uh, get six days extra paid leave to make Ooh. up for smokers' cigarette, cigarette breaks at a Japanese firm. How do you feel about that? Oh, Getting man. Six extra paid days. I think that's... That's one thing if you can monitor and know that the people that aren't smoking aren't taking 15-minute breaks randomly doing other shit. You know what I mean? Like, we all yeah. we all do that to some extent, don't we? Not me. I'm a perfect employee, and I'm always uh, at my desk sliding away. If anybody's listening, I'm just, you know, busy, 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 busy. But you know what I mean? There's always something. You know, you stop and you talk to somebody for 15 minutes or whatever, and then you, then you see the boss walk, and you're like, anyway, so, uh, yeah, send me that email, and, and you waddle back over to your desk. You know what I mean? Well, like, there's all things that we do like that. So I, I guess it's just it's one of those where if any particular person is a big problem, right? Like, hey, man, this person's going out to smoke every 30 minutes, man. You know what I mean? Like, come on, we got to do something about that. But, yeah, I guess but other six than that, extra days. Would you quit smoking? For six extra days? Yeah. Six extra days. Probably, I, I guess. I don't know. Depending on where I was in my addiction. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think, though, with, with the the smoke break things, I think if you're a non-smoker, you just go out with them. Like, you don't have to stand with them. Walk around yeah, the building. Yeah, just go hang out. Yeah. Yeah, just hang out. Just Yeah, just go walk around. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, So, there's when i was in the air force and they were doing the job training portion right you're gonna learn your specific job sitting in a classroom setting all day they uh only had us in that classroom setting for 50 minutes at a time anyway then we'd have a 10 minute break every hour because uh, they said they had all the studying that you only retained the bulk of your information in like so long a chunks right anything extended beyond that you don't remember the stuff in the middle so they said it's best to take a 10 minute break every hour and then come back and you're more focused and you're and you're honed back in. 
like hmm. trying to learn or do the same thing, you still your brain kind of goes into an autopilot, and you're not really retaining or focusing, you know, fully. Oh, time. of course, right. I'm definitely that way. Yep. So, so that I guess it doesn't bother me unless you know any individual person if they're abusing said item. But yeah, I don't know that I would. If I'm smoking, I don't know the six days, man. That's a rough. Ooh. Well, it, but I agree with you because one thing that irritates me with how corporations do like – and it even goes back to like elementary school where it's a it's a paintbrush uh, reward or um, punishment s- scenario. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, remember in, in, in class, in middle school, high school, elementary, whatever it is, sure. when like three kids are talking, then no one can talk during the, the yeah, class. Right, right, it's like, yeah. well, I'm good. Yeah. It's those three that, yeah. you know, nobody's getting recess or be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Miss recess. So I kind of feel like that's what they're doing with this, where it's like, Hey, uh, we don't know how to address the smoke break. Uh, you know, people taking advantage of it. So what we're going to do is we're just going to swing the pendulum the exact opposite way. And we're going to let the non-smokers get six extra paid days leave if they want. And then what if you're a good employee that takes one smoke break a day? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know that whole workplace politics. There's so many things you could dive into in that room, but specifically even that. Yeah. That's just, yeah. That one never bothered me as much because I've heard people kind of bring that up that complain about, you know, well, hey, man. I'll tell you one thing that my coworkers complain about is that our campus is a smoke-free campus. Yeah, yeah. You see plenty of people on break, like sprint half a mile <laughs> to get off yes. of the ground. They go stand in the middle of the street, like in traffic, and be like yeah. "fuck you." Well, there's a park close to our campus, and that's not on the grounds. Like that's not considered. Uh, mm-hmm. my workplace, you know, property. And so, yeah, you'll see 15 employees during our like 10 o'clock. See, and I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure the city or county or whatever owns that park situation probably would rather that not happen. So they would probably prefer your company. Just be like, look, man, put a smokers outpost behind the building and shut up. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. two thirds of the company, which we're like a 700 people com- or 700 person company would be in that one little area. That's crazy. Yep. All right, Tom. So what's up, man? What's uh, what else is going on? What what interests well, you? Well, you know lately? how last week we talked about how the uh, the the World Series is just whatever. It's unwatchable. They're too good. It's just strike out, home run. Yeah, yeah. Get it in, get it out. Man, were we wrong? <laughs> yeah. This has been one of the most exciting World Series ever. This is game fun. two, probably the greatest game two of all time. Back and forth. Four home runs, I believe, in extra innings. Yeah. Uh, the most home runs in one game. Gosh. Thrilling till the till the end. Game three and four were respectable and good. Yeah. Game five, game five was, was nuts. a football score of <laughs> yeah. 13 to 12. That was nuts. And that was another – I mean, two different times the uh, Dodgers were up by three runs or more. And the yeah. Astros came back to tie and then eventually came back to win in extra innings. That's incredible. And now uh, game six was a uh, not a – it wasn't necessarily a nail-biter, but it was thrilling. And now we're to game seven. Uh, we are recording right now as game seven is going on. And last we checked, it was 5 nothing Houston, which you would think means game over, but not in this series. Mm-hmm. I um, I heard a stat today too that said – 
there was uh, you know x amount of innings played in the world series so far and there was i gosh i want to say it was like 57 innings and uh or whatever it was right and they each had the same amount of innings where they were leading and then you know what i mean so it was like 18 mm-hmm. and 18 and then the middle was you know like where they were tied so it's been like the super even back and forth fun world series and I think another cool thing about this on top of how so evenly matched these two teams are is I believe because you never know with baseball because it is random, but they're both 100 plus win teams. So you could easily say arguably, but you could say it with confidence that they're the best team in each league. It's not like the wild card team from the American League got on this hot streak like the Royals did in 2014, and now they're in the World Series. Yeah. Like, these, these two teams showed their dominance throughout the season, and now they're in the you know World Series trying to prove yeah. who the better team is. So I like that aspect of it as well. And I didn't, like, uh, we talked about this last week, but I didn't necessarily follow with a lot of attention paid to baseball this year, but I did listen as much as the sports radio would tell you, which is every day, you know, on my way to work. So I knew what was happening in baseball. And from the beginning of the season, it felt like they were talking about Houston and the Dodgers being, you know what I mean? The teams on either yeah, side I mean, of the field. had a couple so. others, like last year's teams, uh, the Indians who had that 22-game win streak, and then the Cubs yeah, who right. had everyone back from last year's World Series championship team. You kind of had those two uh, talked about as well as far as, you know, could they make it? But, yeah, like you said, it was Houston, it was the Dodgers, and it felt like that was the, the collision course starting about like one month into the season. So right. it's cool to see that they both got there, and now we're going to see who's the best. and. Yeah. Probably by the end of this recording, we'll have a winner. Yeah, well, it's five nothing now. Houston up, uh, bottom of the third. So, whew, Dodgers got a lot to overcome, but we've seen a lot. Uh, this yeah, doesn't feel like the third. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and the way these teams have scored five runs isn't out of out of the question. So, who knows? You yeah, think the balls are juiced. I've read that a few times that they've uh, juiced the balls to make them go farther. Do you think they are? Who brings the – it's the home team's balls? I believe so, yeah. Is this happening better in – well, but then both players – that just feels like something that – do you bring your own balls? baseball that's doing it. Do you bring your own balls, though, to pitch it? Yeah, is Major League Baseball doing it? I get you, that's yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. Because, yeah, they're that's all just good. like – because, yeah, they're all going, oh, gee, man, we sure don't know, you know. <laughs> like yeah, all and them. I like it good. Yeah. I think in all sports that there's not physical contact, you should be able to do whatever drug you want. <laughs> just, just why whatever. not? Yeah, I mean, I guess why not? I mean, if, You're if it's not a, hurting the other person, yeah, if it's a gross degradation to some sort of health, you know, like, but well, that's on you. Yeah, I guess you're right. You got to well, live with uh, what you do at, at the end of the day. Uh, it is to I an think, extent. I think, yeah. How much fun was baseball when Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, uh-huh. Barry Bonds yeah. were throwing seventy-three yeah. home runs up a year? There is to an extent uh, 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 that it's up to you, but there is public health costs associated with people's health if it gets to be out of hand and and problematic you know what i mean i'm okay with it yeah okay <laughs> I am. well I'm okay with if it. you just like, make a rule that the league has to pay for all health costs for that rest of that person's life and it's not on any you know what i mean like er's and government tax dollars or something then sure let's go for that right 
Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah of course. Right. I don't think I should be able to abuse my body and you as my employer say, like, right. got to cover me now, right? Because right. I can't see out of my left eye because yeah. I took too much. Well, we can do that. We can. Well, we can say MLB's got to do it so that the taxpayers don't got to do it when this person rolls up into the ER and doesn't got any money. Uh, they should have money, though, if they're making baseball. But anyway, it's beyond the point. Look, uh, World Series is fun. We'll see what happens with that. The Chiefs were also winners. Beat up on them Denver Donkeys. That was fun. Uh, I mean, that fun. That wasn't fun. Hold fun on. Let's ish. stop. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't fun. The outcome, yeah, it wasn't fun. It, it was a game that I said to my wife, I said, man, we won that game, but I sure don't feel like they're winners. You know, like she I don't. up 28 to nothing by yeah. the halftime. Oh, God. Yeah. And they gave up 177 rushing yards to to, to Denver. Yeah. That's that's a Did lot. You feel a little bad when Jamal Charles fumbled and we scored the touchdown off of that. <laughs> no, I <laughs> I like Jamal Charles. Oh man. yeah, no, he's and by all, oh by yeah, by all accounts, he's the greatest guy too. Yeah, and when he comes back, I want him to get one touchdown. Like, perfect world scenario was that he rushed for 125 yards, two touchdowns, and we win 28-14. to 14. Like, that's yeah. what I wish would have happened. But, man, he fumbled right on, like, the opening drive or one of the first drives and just <laughs> hey, man. pooped yeah. the bed from there. Hey, man, that's what uh, – he felt like Kareem Hunt did it. That's what he's got to do, you know. Got to get out there and fumble on the – I hope – I hope. I understand that Jamal Charles, this is his 10th year. He still feels like he has something to prove. He says his knees feel 100%. You know, all of the cliche things uh, sure. to get you a job in, in in the NFL. But I hope whenever he does decide to retire, whether it's the end of this year, end of next year, or whatever, I hope we sign him to a one-day contract so he can retire. Yeah, they, they like to do that a bunch. Uh, you know, hopefully they'll do he was that. He a great guy. Yeah, man, Kansas City, I, man, I was kind of upset they didn't get anything to help with the run through the trade deadline. There may not have been a whole bunch out there, but, man. I, Speaking of trade deadline, and not to go too sports heavy, uh, but this is more going back to a business <laughs> oh, standpoint. Yeah. Did you hear about the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> Cleveland did the most Cleveland thing in the history of Cleveland this past week. <laughs> yeah, tell the people what, what happened during the trade deadline in the NFL okay. and what happened specifically so now, to the Cleveland Browns. Forgive me if there is more news that contradicts some of this or clarifies it a little better, but this is what was being reported on the sports radio stations here uh, that was being reported from a Cleveland beat writer on the scene there reporting during – uh, during deadline day, right? Drafting, uh, draft deadline. So the Bengals, I guess, uh, have AJ McCarron as quarterback and they agreed to trade him to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, AJ McCarron of Alabama fame won the national championship. If you remember, Brent Musburger was creeping out about his, his girlfriend, uh, during the game. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I do. Uh, yeah. And so, oh, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember something like that. So Cleveland, who's been having quarterback problems for uh, a decade or more now, uh, and just horrific disaster after disaster. They agree, let's get this A.J. McCarron guy. We'll get him in here, uh, finish this season out, maybe try to salvage something. And they agree to that trade at 2.55 p.m., which is five minutes before the trade deadline. The Bengals, as you're supposed to, submit that paperwork to the NFL, and the NFL agrees. Cleveland did not submit their paperwork to the NFL because they opted instead to celebrate in the office 
about and the trade to send the paperwork and then forget to send the paperwork and then they sent it late and the nfl denied it because it was past the trade deadline which means it cannot happen until at least this off season which of course all the tenets of this deal will have changed by then of course uh how cleveland was that now are they losing out on anything great is aj mccarron believed to have been the savior for them and you know what i mean like people are gonna look back and be like ah but this just sounds so cleveland well and even more to that point is they celebrated giving up two draft picks for aj mccarron when they could have only given up one draft pick for a better quarterback in many people's eyes and jimmy garoppolo from new england and they messed that up so yeah. Doesn't even make sense. I read even more so like dominoes falling falling into what could have been, you know, if this trade was executed. Yeah. Is so Cincinnati would have then lost their backup quarterback. They have Andy Dalton. That quarterback, AJ McCarron, goes to Cleveland. They then would have signed Colin Kaepernick as a backup. Oh. And then see where those dominoes go. Oh wow. How interesting would that have been? So Cleveland even screwed that up for everybody. <laughs> exactly. Cleveland screwed up the headlines of Colin Kaepernick making his return to the NFL. His much controversial return to the NFL even. Ugh. Wait, oh, that would have been the that. highest rated NFL game. Would have been the first one he's back on the sideline. Oh, right? I mean, God. like, oh. And then did you hear, you know, so speaking of Colin Kaepernick, we, you know, we obviously know about the kneeling of the national anthem uh, that started last year. That has snowballed into the NFL saying we're unified, and then when asked what they're unified about, they just respond unity, oh, which yeah. makes no sense. Uh, <laughs> but they keep going on and on about this stuff, right? But did you hear? We're unified. From- what are you unified about? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Thanks. literally, that's Thanks. what they're saying. What Thanks. are you unified about? Unity. Unity. Okay. So, uh, did you hear about the Texans owner? Yeah, God. I... Yeah, so he oh. says uh, you can't have these uh, players uh, kneeling at the National Anthem uh, or during the National Anthem because you can't have the inmates run the prison, yeah. which it's inmates run the asylum, but right. that's beside the point. Uh, then did you see what Jadavian Clowney did? Yeah, he didn't even like show up to practice, did he? He was like, screw him. No, 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 no. Jadavian oh, yeah. Clowney, and I screw up he, that name he, a lot. His Halloween costume? Yeah, he dressed up <laughs> as an inmate. <laughs> so good. Yeah, that guy, man. Yeah, I know he was trying to say inmates running the asylum, which, first of all, is not a good thing to say when you're talking about human beings. Uh, but the that you put your foot in your mouth and said inmates running the prison in the climate when the issue is about you know what it's about you just man like you are the how are you this smart to be this rich and and owning things and operating a major organization like an nfl football team and do something like that i feel like i would take 15 seconds before i ever made any statement and i would just think about it like what am i about to say here in front of everybody gosh but when you're powerful and rich, I guess you don't because you think everything you say and do is a yeah. slam dunk home run yeah. fill in the, you know, yeah. verb there. But when you're rich, uh, they let you do it. Right. And right. so, of course, you would say it without thinking twice because right. I say whatever I want. Right. People listen. Yeah. But that goes more to my point that old people shouldn't be running things. He's 80. He is 80. Yeah. All right. Well, so why so, are we having old people make decisions? I don't know. It's really odd. So. Yeah, I don't know where the NFL, uh, the Cleveland, I just, uh, it's so, 
Yeah, I love it. So, I love it. I love making fun of Cleveland. It, it's, it makes me happy. I don't know why. I don't know. Explain to me. Like, so I get the Browns, right? I get under. I get why we make fun of the Browns because of all of their history of everything. Right? Yeah. But to, have you been to Cleveland first off? And no. I don't know. Everyone says it's a dump and it's a piece of crap. I don't get what the – I mean, is it that bad? Because why is Cincinnati not made fun of like that? Because Cincinnati's like an hour away. I don't know. I, yeah, but everybody talks about Cleveland like it's just this it, – it's almost that they talk about it like it's it's such a hellish place to be because it's just so – nothing right it's just cleveland right there's just no it's it's just cleveland there's it's what else is there like well come look at cleveland we've got a lot of cleveland yeah i don't don't know what to do we love to crap on them don't we yeah we love it and they're probably very nice people Uh, i've heard some of them are probably very nice people uh (laughs) well one of our best players for the kansas city chiefs is from cleveland yeah Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. That's right. He's a Cleveland guy. Yeah. There you go. So there's some, there's something interesting about Cleveland. <laughs> That's so messed up. I guess. Man. But yeah. So anyhow, anything else you got? I mean, I don't think there's anything too crazy. The MUKU, they had a basketball, but we talked about a lot of sports. That was neat. Little hurricane well, relief thing. Do you miss that? What? That's bigger than a, a sport thing, although it, it goes with sporting activities. So when football, basketball, all that sure. stuff. But do you miss the MUKU? rivalry i i didn't care because i went to central missouri yeah. you're from manhattan okay. yeah. k-state so you didn't really care but wasn't it fun to hear in the town you know when mu and ku would play their you know second preseason basketball sure. game and stuff yeah um i don't uh, uh i was never so much into the missouri ku portion other than just we were always in the same league for a long time and so I would watch those games, if especially if K State was in the running, uh, you know, or higher up in the standings. Those games would mean something. So I would watch some of those. And there was a lot of times where KU Missouri was a big game, in, you know, in the Big Eight or Big Twelve standings. Uh, so I mean, it was neat to hear that they were doing that again. Uh, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and of course, it was for a good cause. And Missouri's got a lot of hype around them now too because they got that new coach and a new. Uh, number one recruit to go along with it so and uh bill self might get arrested and thrown in jail by the fbi who knows right it's all a fun bag right it's all a fun bag it's all a fun bag (laughs) it's college sports it's amateur purity sports can't pay these people we wouldn't be amateurs then okay cool i'm cool with that pay them (laughs) what are you talking about shut up well I don't agree with paying the athlete, actually. Oh, okay. So this is why. Because the scale is completely different at almost every Sure, yeah. So then what what are you using to pay athletes? That's what I'm getting at. The revenue they bring in? Well, yeah. I mean, hey, I'm not saying I've got all the solutions here, but the the thing here is uh, we can't – I don't want to hear about what we must – this is amateur status, and these are amateur athletes, and some of these universities are making uh, millions upon millions, hundreds of millions oh. of dollars off yeah. of these people. So something needs to change about that, right? There of needs course. to be yeah, some little right. things that I agree with that athletes should get paid on. For example, when you go to the Nebraska game, and let's just say you wear number two, and they're selling number two jerseys, and it's yeah. obviously in reference to it's you. Got your name I on think it. You should get money for that, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. Like, 
that makes sense to me. That's just a, I'm wearing this for that person. Well, that person should get paid for what I just purchased. So I I like that. Um, My biggest thing is how much these coaches get paid and then the freedom they have to just go wherever they want. But if a kid wants to transfer, he has to sit out a year. That kind of stuff is what needs to go. I think these coaches that get like, a bonus for going to a bowl game. You know what? You don't get another million dollars for going to a bowl game. You know what you can do? You can take all the electives you want at that institution. That's what your bonus is. You can take whatever <laughs> class you want at the university of Alabama or Clemson or whatever it is. Yeah, but you yeah. don't get another million dollars. Yeah, how about this? We'll, kids we'll name another, we'll name another street after you down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. yeah. You, right. you can sit in on any, psychology class you can teach a psychology class on sports psychology if you want or you Mm -hmm. can sit in on uh you you can take a swim class if you don't know how to swim coach saban although there is an interesting thought that i've heard about uh uh, before we wrap this up and apparently this is our sports heavy first segment for this episode uh there's not much going on so college football uh is a, a midway or past midway point uh of the season now um well past even, about three-fourths through. Uh, there is a chance that next season the three big schools in this area, the K-State, Missouri, KU, might all be looking for a new football coach. How fun would that be? Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> is K-State still considered local? I, that's the only school I yeah. don't get. Yeah, I mean, well, How far so. is it from Kansas City? Like, if you're at my house, yeah. you know where I live. Yeah. If you're at my house. It would probably, probably take you two hours to get there. Like, that's not local to me. Yeah. Well, so, well, the reason they call that a local school is just because so many people that are K-State grads or fans wind up in this area, which, you know, oh. I mean, you know, so. Um, yeah, because there's the Wichita Shockers. Like, uh-huh. no one ever talks about them, yeah. even though they're, like, top ten in the country right. in basketball. I mean, they're just as relevant as K-State is as far as sports go. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a lot more opportunity in Wichita for Wichita people to stay there, you know, in that region. Or they go south, too, down to OKC and stuff for job prospects and stuff. Uh, Manhattan, it's, boy, it's Kansas City or you're moving way out because Denver is the next big thing or St. Louis, you know. So a lot of people, when they leave Manhattan because, you know, the university puts out more people with degrees than they would be able to employ, you know. So they've got to go somewhere, and a lot of them wind up in Kansas City, so. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, going back to my my time in Oklahoma City, um, what did you think when you lived there? Did you like it? Was it a good town to you? Very nice people. People were very nice, right? I thought it was great. The only thing uh, I thought, and maybe this is my own dumb interpretation of how I see the world, but I thought it was going to be busier. I thought there was more of a hustle and bustle yeah, to no. Oklahoma City. No. Yeah. It is very like, yeah. The, hey, I would guys. get caught up in some traffic sometimes, but I mean, like the, yeah, it's a it's a slow moving town. It's spread out. It's re, it's one of the largest landmass cities. Also, it's really spread out. So it's like not Kansas as like city. right. It's not yeah. Kansas City's pretty spread out too, and yeah. So you'll have a lot of those individual areas, right? Like there's Edmonton and there's Bricktown, and then there's Midwest City yeah. and there's Dell City and there's more and there yeah yeah. The one thing I was thinking about as I was uh, staying in in Oklahoma City, and again this kind of goes back to the sports that we we're talking about, but uh, one of their biggest additions to Oklahoma City Thunder was Carmelo Anthony, uh-huh. and I was just thinking like. He lived 
for the last, I think, six years New York. in New York. New York City. Manhattan. New York. Right. Times Square. Yeah. What do you think his adjustment to everyday life is hard? Been going from Manhattan, New York to Oklahoma City. I'd be willing to bet he's got maybe a nice apartment that's not his home of residence. You know what I mean? Like he's, you know what I mean? I'm sure his family might not be living what there. What do you do on a Wednesday? Yeah, when <laughs> you're there for a three-game home stretch and you're just staying there in your apartment, probably, man, he probably watches a lot of Netflix, man. <laughs> that's crazy. A lot of ice baths and Netflix. <laughs> Go yeah, for Carmelo. All right, well, let's get out of here and take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to Andrew Cameron of Donutology, delicious donuts, and great interviews. Yeah? I really yeah. I really enjoyed this. Uh, we had fun there. Uh, we had delicious donuts there, and you're going to learn more about it when we come back to Tim and Tom. Fun fact, avocados are toxic to horses. Tim and Tom. Tim. Tom. Tim and 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 Tom. Tom. All right, we're back. We've got Andrew Cameron, Donutology King Master. Commander, Supreme Coordinator. What what else should we call? The the Donut King of Kansas City. Right. Uh, I mean that's what it really is. Uh, yeah. So Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, first question I have for you, uh, as you uh, listeners of the show have heard, I love coming here. Uh, the first thing that always jumps out to me though is how did you guys come up with so many different combinations? You know, here you can create your own donut from scratch, but who comes up with the bacon, the caramel drizzle, all that stuff? Is it you or is it a team? How does that come about? Yeah, we picked all our toppings ahead of time, but we kind of let our customers decide what combinations worked best. And then about two months into us opening, um, we published our top 12 combinations. And of course, bacon is number one. So what, uh, how do we start this? You sitting around one day eating a donut and just a light bulb moment or what happens here? Yeah, so I uh, own six other donut shops on the Kansas side, Daylight Donuts. Uh, is that all six, huh? Just six? Just six, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what we learned from those stores was people would come in. It might be, they might wake up at 10 a.m. and we'd be out of their favorite donut. So uh, we wanted to make sure that we could cook donuts all day long and have a more interactive experience for them. This is a really cool atmosphere. That's one of the things that draws me in is because it feels like I could take the family here or I could just hang out with a friend and still feel just as comfortable. So the vibe of this place is really cool. How did you guys come up with uh, the chalkboard art on the walls and then the different color schemes? I mean, it has a really great feel. How did you guys come up with that? Yeah, so it, it all generates around a science-focused theme. Um, baking is a science and the fact that you can experiment with over 40,000 combinations of donuts that we offer here um, really set the, the foundation for what we were trying to do. And then we had some uh, great local Kansas City collaborations um, and designers that helped us uh, build out this space. 
So how did you pick this location? Were you looking in this region, or did just, you know, there were six buildings available and this was cheapest rent? How did we work that in? Uh, it was definitely not the cheapest rent. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Um, no, we wanted to be in this area, and it, really the building uh, spoke to us more than anything. Um, it was built in the 40s, early 40s, and we're actually only the second business ever in this building. Um, it, it had been the Tower Dry Cleaner building, um, for basically its existence. And then they got bought out by Pride Cleaners and they have a location across the street, so they didn't need this big building anymore. And we're like, well, we wanna come in and, and make it a donut shop. Well, and then right now we're interviewing you and this is the one year anniversary, is that correct? Yes, yep, one year. And so that's amazing and that's great, especially in this kind of area where small businesses are all popping up and that's amazing. But one thing that I'm noticing uh, about the decor is you have over here to our left the world famous space donut. Tell us about that because I've been in and I've seen the video, but I haven't really caught all the details about what went into it. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, one of our uh, collaborators came to me in November last year and said, he, he had this uh, laptop, he's like, can I talk to you for a minute? And he went on to have a 30-minute presentation on why we should launch a donut into space. And I'm like, you really didn't have to do all this. Like, all he had to say is, you want to launch a donut into space? And I'm like, yeah, of course. So um, we put it up on a weather balloon, uh, launched it out of Marceline, Missouri, which is the hometown of Walt Disney. And, uh, you know, just for some extra inspiration. And um, That's what it used to be known for. Now it's known for where the donut that went to space was launched. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, so we hung out there. Um, we launched it at uh, dawn that day. And um, four hours later, it ended up landing in eastern Illinois. So uh, we were expecting just to drive, you know, like two miles down the road. Um, we ended up driving 750 miles that day. But it, it was fun. So they come in and they sell you on this idea. It, it sounds like it was, and rightfully so, just because we can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Because why not? Yeah. And, you know, part of it with our, our science team and just inspiring uh, people to do outrageous things, like why not send a donut into space? So, so then uh, um, a few of our competitors ended up sending things into space. And even Kentucky Fried Chicken sent a, a piece of chicken into space. And they even used the same... Uh, sound bites from our oh, video wow. we won a lot of awards for for doing it too so yeah so all of those businesses are now on notice we got lawyers coming their way that's right <laughs> so another theme here we're noticing uh, to, well to go along into the theme here is you've got the donato can you explain to me what that is yeah so with donatology we're always looking for ways to incorporate donuts into other styles of food um, so we're like we, we had had some success with our ice cream. Um, we have donut milkshakes, and we have a Bismarck bomb that we fill a Bismarck with ice cream instead of filling. Um, and we're like, well, what else can we do with ice cream? And so we started shaping our uh, glazed donut dough um, into a cone. And we based it off of the Hungarian chimney cake. Um, so I got online. I, I called over to Hungary and said, hey, I'd like to learn more about your chimney cakes. Um, we ended up importing a grill uh, from Eastern Europe. It took four months to get in, which <laughs> I wasn't anticipating, but um, yeah, so it's, it's gone really well. And then we could fill it with ice cream and then um, put any donut toppings that you want on it. There, there's a lot of great ideas here. Obviously, we just talked about the Donato, the awesome idea with the space donut as well. So the, the, the I guess, 
research and development, how does that work? Is this a constant moving uh, process or is it just what can we do next? You know what I'm saying? Is this uh, every day we're trying to invent new things or just trying to figure things out when they come? Uh, it's a little bit of all of that. Um, we, we do think about that constantly. That's part of our culture um, is to how can we reinvent something um, to make it fun and just do something outrageous. Um, when we did launch the Donato, we toyed around with the idea of hooking one up to a drone and flying it into a tornado. Um, and then my wife reminded me that I have a son and I, I should not um, do such a dangerous thing. So uh, we, we nixed that idea for now. <laughs> um, and for now. I, I had just watched the movie Twister, um, you know, right before that idea came around. So, uh, you know, we're looking at other things too. Like, what else can we do with donuts? I, had, I was having dinner with a friend last night, actually, and we we're talking about what's the next thing? What's the next space donut? Because we just really had fun doing it. Um, it it's, it's a bit self-serving, really. I mean, yeah. to, to launch a donut, we felt like we were like SpaceX or NASA, you know, um, tracking it. Pretty much like Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, obviously he's my hero. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in a family uh, that was very heavily employed by police departments. So you own many donut shops. How true is the cliche? 120% true. Uh, do you have to bribe them or anything like that? No, they just come in and, you know what, I did, I, I do ask them, you know, why do you like donuts so much? And they just said it's really easy to, to do and eat um, if they have to go out on a call. It's still good um, versus if they got like a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit or something. Yeah, it won't be as good after catching a criminal like Tom and tackling him to the ground. Then you get back to the bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. It's not as good. No, it's not, obviously. Uh so we had just mentioned that you've been here for a year. In that year, what's been kind of the, the standout moment or your most satisfying moment of being a part of Donutology? Uh, just the amount of, you know, response we've received uh, for this concept. Um, within the first six months, we had reached over a million, a million people on social media. Um, and it, it's just been amazing. And people are out here taking pictures constantly. Um, we have a giant donut painted on the side of our building. Um, and, you know, if you search the hashtag donutology and donuts, uh, there's just so many pictures that pop up. And that's really cool. So we've talked to some folks before who have, you know, kind of a unique idea like yours, and they've got to sell, you know, investors. They've got to do whatever. Now, you've already owned six donut shops. Was it an easier sell for you, or did people still go, Really? A whole donut shop? Yeah, I mean, it, it was, uh, I, I, I'm constantly always looking for, you know, new ideas and concepts. And I remember when I got my um, fourth donut shop, I, the day we opened it, I found the location for our fifth store. So, I mean, that's just kind of, right. it's just kind of built within me on, on who I am and, and what I like to do. With this place, you spoke about that this is the second tenant. You're the second tenant in this building. This is a pretty big space, especially for a donut shop. What's the challenges with that? Is there a certain, like, markup that you have to get on each donut or the hours have to change? What's that like? Yeah, so the, the, the space isn't the, the issue with on the business side. Um, it, it's the volume. Uh, so the, this is a 4,000-foot space. Typically, our, our other donut shops average 1,500 feet, yeah. so... Um, yeah, that, that is a, uh, a challenge, but 
Um, the donuts we make here um, are pretty labor intensive. Um, you know, it's not, we don't just have a case. We have to teach them. We have a full espresso bar. We got to teach them coffee. We got to teach them um, how to make make the donuts, serve the donuts, top the donuts. Um, and so, you know, the employee aspect is probably the, the biggest challenge in training. Yeah, because this is less of a, a daylight seems more like a bulk, hey, we got to get a dozen in and out the door. But here it's more about the per donut experience. Is that, can I coin that term? Yeah, it's completely experiential here. So that, that is our biggest challenge. Well, going back to my first question about the combinations of donuts, I got to know, what is your favorite combination of the ones that you offer? So I think it changes depending on the season. I, I, I get the number one question I get asked is, do you still eat donuts? And, and the answer is absolutely. Um, because there's so many different varieties, I eat different types of donuts. Um, right now, my favorite um, is our, our pumpkin donut. Uh, you know, we use real pumpkin. We, we mash it up, mix it in. Um, we, we're working on some really cool collaborations. Um, I know you, you in your one of your previous episodes you talked about whiskey donuts. We've done yes. whiskey donuts, um, and it, it's funny because in my office, uh, my office out of Lansing, um, that's just where our daylight stores are based, and I have so much whiskey in my office. It's like I'm on the set of Mad Men or something. Right. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, well, I was going to ask you also. Uh, you work with a lot of. Uh, local companies as well. I see Chateau, the Roastery. Uh, I think the t-shirts are also Charlie Hustle as well. How did those relationships start and how has that been for you? Yeah, so that was another huge priority for us was to be local. Um, also, our donut flower is just growing a couple hours from here um, in, in western Kansas. So, um, you know, it, the collaborations, even our donut boxes are local. Um, and, and there's reasons. We want to keep the money in Kansas City. And honestly, it's just, it's an easier collaboration too. I mean, if we run out of coffee, we just make a two and a half minute drive uh, to, to the roastery and, and, and they'll roast it same day for us. And it's still warm when we get it. So, um, you know, that's a big deal. Charlie Hustle's been great. We actually have some new designs coming out um, later this year. My vibe, that donut kill my vibe. I got it as a T-shirt for my girlfriend, and I love it. And everyone, everywhere I wear it, well, I'm not wearing that now because of my shoulder. But when I wear it, everyone's like, "Where'd you get that shirt? Who is it?" And I keep telling them, "It's a great, great idea. I love that shirt." That was a big surprise for us because we've sold thousands of T-shirts, and we're a donut shop. Right. What, what, what is going on? Um, so we've really expanded our donut fashion line, and we have um, a collaboration with uh, School of Sock and Sock 101. Uh, so we, we've got a line of donut socks coming out uh, here soon, too. Tom loves the socks. I, I love fashionable socks, too, so that's great. I'm probably be first in line for that as well. So he's so local even that his podcast appearances are right here in Kansas City. See how that works out? So you talked about all the collaborations and the flavors and all that stuff that you're coming up with. What's the ratio of how many are just absolutely terrible and you have to throw away and start scratch? I mean, we've seen some questionable ones. I, it's, it's almost like a challenge for our customers. All right, what's the weirdest thing that I can make and have it still taste edible? Um, I would say, though, probably about 90% are, are okay. Um, maybe even more than that. Um, you know, a lot of the kids see it as a challenge. I'm going to put, you know, lemon and bacon together and, and you know, <laughs> just, okay. So, no, I'm kidding. I'll just try that. <laughs> okay. So that's good. 
What is new then here? What's 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 next in store for the Donutology crew? Yeah, so I kind of teased our fashion line a little bit. Um, we're expanding our uh, Donato line as well. Um, we're adding savory options. Um, just to give you an idea, we're going to take our Donato and instead of putting cinnamon sugar and ice cream on it, we're going to fill it with scrambled eggs, bacon, and cheese, and then um, put garlic butter and Parmesan on the outside of it. So if you, need, wow. if you need a tester, let us know. Yeah. Tim and Tom, we're here for you, obviously. Yeah. I have the experience with my family. So. Right, yeah, and I obviously have the experience of being here. So if you need someone to test it out, let us know. So, all right, if you're going to sell, somebody's on the fence. I don't know why they would be at this point. But what's the one sentence you got to tell them that this is the reason you got to get into Donutology? Yeah, so I think you should come here uh, because we're local. We're, we're, we're taking your favorite traditional breakfast food and taking it to a whole nother level and uh, come experiment and see uh, what your favorite combination is here. I like that. So then what's, how do they find you online? I'm assuming you got a social media presence and all that. Yeah. So uh, our handle is Donatology KC and we also have a website, Donatology.com. All right. I think that's good. And we will, uh, we'll just come back later and Tom will fill you in on what's coming up this weekend. Fun fact, research shows that Dwayne The Rock Johnson uses violence to solve his problem in 96% of his movies. Tim and Tom. Tim. Tom. Tim and 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 Tom back after uh, some fresh donuts. They were delicious. Mm, uh, so good. <laughs> so good. Tom, though. Uh, I have a feeling that you know what's the haps uh, around the city this week and uh, throughout the weekend and all that. Oh, I'm going to keep you informed. Okay. All right. You ready for this? I'm ready for it. Let's hear it. All right. Here we go. We got a big weekend in Kansas City, if I don't say so myself. Uh, First off, November 10th, we have what's becoming kind of like a staple in the city, and that is Kansas City Comic Con 2017 Mm -hmm. at Bartle Hall. Yeah. Uh, this runs from November 10th to November 12th. Uh, again, it's going to be at the Kansas City Convention Center or Bartle Hall, however yes. you'd like to call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got a lot of big guests. Have you ever been to a Comic-Con before? I have not been to a Comic-Con before. We were discussing possibly going to this year's uh, for our previous podcast, but we didn't uh, wind up making that happen. Uh, but I wouldn't mind going in and seeing one of these things live and in person. Oh, I tell you what, and they got a big list of guests. A lot of people I'm going to be straight up with you, I don't know. They do have the original Robin from Batman and Robin, Burt Ward. Yeah. Uh, They have a couple of our favorite um, pro wrestlers. They got Diamond Dallas Page will be there. They've got Trish and Lita. They're going to be there. Uh, They got Walter E. Jones, the Black Power Ranger. Uh, The one that wants to fight CM Punk? No, this is the black guy. Oh. Yeah. The, which one wanted to fight CM Punk? The Green Power the Ranger. The Green Power Ranger. Yes. Okay. Um, then you got people uh, like Eva Bella, 
who is the young Elsa in the Frozen movie. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, you got a lot of good good names in there. Again, we're pro wrestling fans, uh, for those of you who don't know. So we're going to get a little geeked out for the Diamond Dallas Page, Trish, and Lita aspect. Mm-hmm. But again, Comic-Con covers every aspect of nerdum from <laughs> Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Power Rangers, pro wrestling, Superman, Batman, and everything in between. Every aspect of nerddom. You're right. I mean, every if you can be a nerd about something, Comic Con has you, you covered. Can. Yeah, there's gonna be. You're not the only one. Trust us. Just walk into a Comic Con and your life will be forever changed. You'll have an instant network of friends. <laughs> so, exactly. There you go. All right, that's awesome. All right, now what else? let's get into it. Uh, next one, November twelfth. Jason Sudeikis and friends present Thunder. Undergong, a benefit mm-hmm. concert. Now this is going to be 18 and up uh, with a valid ID, of course, and it features Jason Sudeikis, Will Forte, and Fred Armisen, and many more. Uh, the doors open at 7, show starts at 8. Um, it benefits the Steps of Faith Foundation. Uh, three of the funniest guys in oh, entertainment yeah. right now. Jason Sudeikis of War of the Millers, um, other hilarious things. Will Forte of uh, Last Man on Earth, my favorite TV show right now going. Fred Armiston of Portlandia. He's also sometimes the drummer on Seth uh, Meyers' late night show. Uh, three hilarious people. I think if you go to this, first off, you're supporting a benefit concert for Steps of Faith Foundation. And second, you're going to laugh until you cry. Yeah. And it's that's a good great. thing. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, well, and uh, it's. It's Jason Sudeikis and friends, and he's got a lot of famous friends. And him, him and those friends are the kind that like to have those nice little nuggets of surprises. Somebody that's not advertised, uh, you know. What I mean, there's, Jason there's always fun is stuff. from here, so you know right. he's supporting his local hometown as it is. One thing that I love about all of his projects that I've noticed, at least, is like in the War of the Millers, he's wearing a yeah. Charlie Hustle Arthur uh, Bryan's T-shirt. Uh, he's always repping. Kansas City somehow. Anytime he's on a late night show, he's wearing a Kansas City hat or bringing barbecue to Colbert or something like that. So I like that part of it. And like I said, Will Forte for me is the home run. He's a part of uh, Last Man on Earth on yeah. Fox. If you haven't watched that, watch it. It's a great show. And he's just so funny. And um, oh yeah, as are the other two. They're from SNL. If you guys aren't familiar with that, uh, that's where they became famous. And now they've branched out. Launched successful careers, and now here they are doing a benefit concert. I'm excited. I want to go see that. Definitely. And if that's not your brand of humor, but you are wanting to laugh, here is a third event for you. Uh, At the Arvis Bank Theater at the Midland, November 12th Mm -hmm. again, uh, John Mulaney will be in Kansas City. John Mulaney, stand-up comedian. Very, very funny. Uh, Very polite humor, I would say. He's the type of guy where he has one joke – that he tells that uh, he's so polite that he was walking down the street in New York one time and uh, balloons brushed up against him. And for fear of being rude, he looked to the balloons and greeted them because he <laughs> thought he may, that may have been a person. Right. Yeah. You've got to. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's fun. Uh, yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah. And like John that. Mulaney, if you're not familiar with it on Netflix, him and uh, Nick Grohl, uh, or Kroll, I believe mm-hmm. it is. Excuse yep. me. Uh, they're doing uh, some stand-up on Netflix. Check that out. Uh, they're tag-teaming that and making you laugh. So a lot of fun events. You got Comic-Con. Again, 
all types of nerdum. And then you got two great funny events, mm-hmm. John Mullaney at the Arvis Bank Theater, and then you got Jason Sudeikis and Friends uh, at the Uptown. So go yeah. out, laugh, and uh, you know, go out and support that city, baby. Yeah, especially the Chiefs are on the road, so you've got to find something else to do this weekend. So uh, find some of those events. Look on you know some of the websites around town. You know what they are, the Visit KC's and those kind of things, if, they, if none of those suit your fancy. Uh, oh, and of course, if you're still looking for things to do and maybe those three things aren't something that suits your needs – uh, you still got uh, World War One museum. You still got some donutologies. Go get some donuts this, mm-hmm. this coming. Yep. Go get some donuts. Go to Up Down. Uh, you know, go to all those places. Uh, it, it's it's real fun. And when you're out, and if you've got an event that you're having fun at, uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Send us a pic. Tell us what you're doing out there. We're at Tim and Tom KC on the Twitter. We'd love to interact with you and see where you're out doing. Maybe we'll you know we'll get some ideas based on what you're doing out there at Tim and Tom KC on the Twitter. The Instagram, Facebook is also that. Also Tim and Tom KC. And thanks to David Hayden, a good friend of ours. Uh, we have Tim and Tom KC.com up and live. Go check that out. Also as well and we will be back next week with more tim yeah have a good week (laughs) thanks you do the same and we'll be back (laughs) with more tim and tom fun fact fish can suffer depression just like humans